The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spend enough time with them anyway. Say, friend, now I don't mean to pry or even assume anything, because Lord knows that'll make an ass out of both of us. But I couldn't help notice you're out here doing what you can, best you can, and making your way in the apocalypse without a drink. I hear you. A drink's a high five, a pat on the back, tastes good, makes you feel good. But out here, you don't want to feel good. You need a real drink that'll clean a wound, taste like chaos, and a burn that'll teach you all you need to know about how to survive. Well, this shocking beverage will snap you right back into place, no matter how many zombies or clicky mushroom people you had to face today, or, or how many you lost in the fires when the robots took over. Whatever your scenario, all you need is a shot of Jepson's Malort. With a taste like ground-up mummies and viper piss, this refreshing 70-proof vintage will outlast us all. So make friends with the only one that's going to make it out of here alive. Jepson's Malort. The only drink that will still be here. Proud sponsor. <clears throat> Proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. Your official Birdcast of the Apocalypse. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to shout. Sorry. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Chad. I'm a bird. This is my Birdcast special bonus episode. Hell yeah. You weren't expecting a bonus episode, were you? No. That's why it's a bonus. If it was, it, it would be a regular episode. And you'd be like, uh-huh, why are you screaming? So a lot of you who are friends of the show know that one of my best human pals is Adam Burke. And who is Adam Burke? Just give me a minute. Oh, my God. Calm down. According to his Wikipedia page, by the way, why don't I have a Wikipedia page yet? I feel like I've earned it. He uh, started, and I remember this, uh, hosting, co-hosting a Wednesday night open mic with Cameron Esposito back at Cole's Bar. Uh, he was voted best stand-up by the reader uh, in 2014. He uh, used to be on Man of the People with Pat Tamasulo in 2018. He, uh, what else, um, did some shit, um, dumb some stuff. Oh, he's been on, like, Doug Loves Movies, uh, Bob and Tom, and uh, his, he, had a, he had an album back in 2012 called Universal Squirrel Theory. He has a webcomic called The Grimbles, and he has another one called Diabolica. But you probably know him because he is a regular panelist on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. But he lives here in Chicago, and we're buds. We hang out. Yeah, I brag. I can brag sometimes. And uh, I was checking in to see how he's doing, and he was like, hey, man, um, I have a new album that comes out on Friday, February 23rd. And that just happened to be the day after the day we were talking. So I was like, dude. We should get together. We should talk about stuff. It's been a while since we checked in because we used to check in every now and then on the Birdcast, but it's been a while because he's been busy. We see each other, okay, guys? We hang out. It's cool. Just haven't done a recording in a while, all right? It's like, don't say, don't call it a comeback. We've been around for years. And um, I was like, hey, we should hang out over at Space Time Sounds, one of my favorite recording studios in the world definitely my favorite one in chicago if you haven't been you should go and record a whole album there but anyway called up space time sounds went down there and uh i went across the street to get some booze and i discovered a little kentucky brewery treat called garage beer 
beer-flavored beer. Oh, so not only, and you go to my Instagram, you see pictures of it. Not only is this episode sponsored by Jebson's Malort, that's your breakfast drink, of, of course, but you're, if you want a little lunch treat, get you a garage beer. So yeah, this is fueled by garage beer, sponsored by Malort. I sat down with Adam Burke to talk about some stuff and some other things and uh, like check in with him now that his album is out and available as of the recording of this right now as I'm speaking Weaponized Empathy is available for you to stream and buy. Please buy it right now. It's a uh, sassy 42 minutes, uh, and I came by the recording after it was done. So, yeah, that's like six minutes, six degrees separation right there. But, yeah, more importantly, Adam Burke, new album, Weaponized Empathy, now available. The link is in this episode, so go click on it and get it. Take a listen. It's perfect for your commute. It's perfect for your just your hangings and sippings. Um, and uh, enjoy. But before you do that, here's me and Adam Burke at Space Time Sounds, just cutting up and getting real NPR style. Yeah, that's right. This is a proper NPR episode. I think we're going to need a new theme for this one. Let's kick it, but like not too hard. You're listening to Chad the Birdcast. This is, oh, I hadn't thought of that. With Chad the Bird and Adam Burke. My name's Adam Burke. I turned 46 this year. No, that's wrong. <laughs> it's the wrong silence is the correct response. It's a rough, it's the year where you have to start making some changes, you know? Because I was developing what I like to call an hourglass figure. <laughs> By which I mean you look at me and you can tell that time is running out. <laughs> I, st- um, I hope we're recording because I'm using <laughs> all of this. We are. Sweet. Adam Burke is in the house. Yeah. Hello, Adam Burke. Hi. Okay. So for those of you wondering the fuck, here's what's happening. Uh, we're at Space Time Sounds. What's up, Space Time Sounds? Hi. <laughs> Which, um, if you've followed the TikTok or the Instagram experience, you've seen pictures of. And there will be more of, so don't be nervous if you haven't. And we are here with the great Adam Burke, who you know from previous episodes of my Birdcast. Mm. And literally nothing else! <laughs> That's it. So At one time we did, I think the first time we did it was in the pandemic. Yeah, at, yeah, at... In, in far less ostentatious surroundings. Yeah, it was not nearly this professional. This is too much equipment for what we are going to be doing. This like it looks I don't know like, what any of this is. It looks like mission control. <laughs> it looks like Yeah, but if like Radiohead the, the, was in charge. Right. Of it. Like the Vienna Boys Choir <laughs> could comfortably cut a track here and we're just too This is like they have like one of those like dorks. tracking dolly shots of the crew. <laughs> and they're all just like oh, that nodding. Fucking, that 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 one Rolling Stones one where it's just the fucking Oh God! It might get loud or whatever, loud like a bomb or whatever. No, it's it's the one. It's like some French guy did it, where it's just like a dolly shot of the Rolling Stones doing "Sympathy for the Devil." Oh, I don't even know. I was thinking, start me up. What's great about it? I bet you could say that to the Rolling Stones, and they would have no recollection of. (laughs) Was that us? (laughs) No, no, no. That is the. You think of the who? You think of the who? Oh, live in Pompeii, man. I was there, you know. Uh, that's my Mick Jagger. Is your Mick Jagger? I thought that was your keep. 
No, if it was Keith, it'd be like, let's fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, yeah. He's all right, yeah. We do that. That You can't do that and then let it go, so we have to stop doing it. Because then for the rest of the podcast, we're going to be like, yeah, you know. I say that uh, as a uh, formerly Laguna Beach, uh, currently Chicago, and I have no claim to an accent. <laughs> so I apologize to any and all who I have offended, including my guest, who actually has a rather lovely voice that I'm, I'm mocking all of it. Uh, all right. So the last time you and I did the thing, it was from I was at home. You were at home. You were in your you had sunglasses on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what we talked about, though. No, I'm sure it was. <laughs> I'm sure it was for the ages. <laughs> it's, it's, it it's like you know, stands it, the test of time. It's like you know when they, you know, when as you realize at some point that kind of Ptolemy was walking around with Aristotle, and people are like, "What was that?" Like that was that's this, what it was. That was that level of conversation. It was like, just what? one little guy in a toga behind me just writing it down. Like, slow down. I got to get all this. This one's this is going to move mountains. You guys, new ideas blasting. So, how are you? What's going on? So you have. An album out right now. Yeah, it's, it's about. Out, is it out or is it not out? It'll yet? be out tomorrow, Friday the twenty third of February. Friday the twenty. So you're probably listening to this in the future. Yeah. So it is already out you for you, dear now. listeners. And it's you can buy it. It'd be nice if you bought it, but you can also stream it. It's going to be on all the. Thank you for being honest place. about that too, because a lot of people are just like, "Nah, man, you just got to get it on my <laughs> website." And it's like, I don't though. Yeah, if you listen to a bit of it and you hate it then you don't have to buy no, it. No, then buy it, because <laughs> at least you get a little something out of it, and you never have to listen to it. Yeah. No, so, it's great. It's through a special thing, Records, who put out my first one. And it's oh. so fuck, It's so wild. Where, like, you can swear. Don't, be okay, mad. don't cool. worry about it. it was, I saw that happen. You're like, oh, shit, ABC. Well, I want well, I want to, like, I don't want to use up all my swears. Okay. I want to, like, well, save I want to build, save want to crescendo to just unusable when we're, when profanity. We're fever pitch. <laughs> Don't get them started. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's it's so weird that like how much the landscape has changed because it's twelve years between albums, and so the first that was one, twelve years ago. Your yeah, last album, I wow. Know. Yeah, I was, but I was in short pants and I had like a little bow in my hair and I used to like uh, have a little hoop that I'd knock on with a stick. Um, but they just gumming some rock candy on the <laughs> playground. Yeah, we Marconi had just invented the wireless. Um, <laughs> We could use this to put comedy albums on. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Marconi. <laughs> oh, it's the Burke Boy. <laughs> Tell us more about this comedy and album. Wait, Marconi doesn't have an Italian accent. No, no, I figured I was already offended the British. <laughs> it's a me, Marconi. <laughs> it's a me, Marconi. <laughs> what was his first name? Uh, Angelo? Antonio. <laughs> Anton. <laughs> Jeff, what's his name? You probably know. You don't know. It's probably a piece of equipment in here named after. It's his first yeah. I was name. gonna say, look underneath the organ. You know, uh, you know what's crazy? His first name is Macaroni. Isn't that nuts? Macaroni Marconi. <laughs> people don't. A lot of people don't know that for good reason. <laughs> he invented both. He invented Macaroni and the radio. Oh, busy... we were both so wrong. <laughs> is it Giuseppe? No, it's even more intense. Steve, and I'm Steve. probably, I'm probably gonna pronounce it wrong because it looks like Guglielmo. Guillermo. Is it so? It's probably Guillermo. Guglielmo. It looks like no, that's his name. Guglielmo. It looks like Guglielmo. Yeah. Oh man, Guglielmo Marconi. We're just gonna call you Marconi. Is that cool? <laughs> is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Guglielmo, but Guglielmo is a family Guglielmo, name. My grandfather's my grandpa's <laughs> name. 
<laughs> yeah, so Guglielmo Malconi invented uh, the radio, the and then shortly after, no, we, yeah, so we, when we recorded it, it was like they made like physical CDs. I had like CDs. I'd like I, they would send me a. Box do you have? Those. Do you still have? Are you getting this one on a physical media? Uh, no, no plans for that yet. But we'll, but, but we'll see. So then you absolutely have to buy it because, like, like seriously, guys, if if you're streaming this one, come on, man. Kick, like, which we'll put his, we'll put, you'll put your PayPal. It's in very it, reasonable. It's nine dollars, nine, nine American whole dollars. American dollars. Yeah. For for what hour and ten? Uh, less than that, but still, <laughs> it was an hour and ten. It would be nine fifty. Nine fifty. <laughs> but that's you know at least it's more than an hour's worth of entertainment. It's also very uh, no, it's very it's, it's actually compact. It's a it's a breezy forty two minutes. So you oh really? Oh yeah. It's nice, short. It's very that's tight. barely a commute. <laughs> exactly. Don't even have to worry about it. You can finish it before you get home. You don't have yeah. to do that thing where you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. I right, pause. You it. can do it while shaving the cat. Yeah. <laughs> Takes you 42 minutes to shave your cat. <laughs> you should see this cat. <laughs> Big cat. <laughs> um. All right. So the the album is called Weaponized Empathy. Yeah, Weaponized Empathy. Yeah. And uh, so you've been recording. Wait. So okay, take me through how that works because I I'm uh, also thinking about someday making humans pay for my stuff. Well, you're going to do like the Andre, three, uh, Andre 3000 flute album. Right? Yeah, it's mostly going to be like <laughs> experimental flute. This would be the place gonna, to do it. It's going to be a dulcimer. We, I really want to paint words, but we're surrounded by cables. Yeah. This looks like there should be sparks coming off of it. Cables and also like really cool stoner drawings on the wall. I feel like I should be a lot higher than I am. We're just drinking. Oh, we found this at the at the um, liquor store across the street. We're drinking garage beer. Yeah. This this birdcast brought to you by Jepson's Malort, as always, and garage beer. And yeah. by that I mean we paid for some garage beers. This beer is called garage beer, beer flavored beer. I gotta say, it works. It's better than garage garage flavored beer. Yeah, it's, be <laughs> it's better than basement beer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're hanging out and we feel very cool. Like we are rock stars. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, excuse us if we start to like talk about our process. We're on like, we're on really plush kind of. This is the most comfortable parts. I've ever been doing one of these. It's so great. It yeah. is. It, 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 you know what? It, I, I've done probably, I don't want to exaggerate, but four million thousand <laughs> podcasts. Um, in the U.S. alone. In the U.S. alone. Um but some some of were in international waters. You can, you can say whatever you want on those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it got real. It got real. <laughs> People were saying some things. We can't repeat them here because we're on yeah. the mainland. You can't. You can't. You can't get canceled in the Bering Straits. It's an old. <laughs> but you can get married by the captain. Yeah, that is <laughs> just true. That's, that's such a weird uh, idea for a podcast. You will be married by the end of it. <laughs> so what do we do? Do we play games? Do we watch movies? No, we just, no, just talk rap, and then man. you get married. And then but by the time it's over, you spend enough time that legally you're married. Yeah. Welcome to the officiant. Uh, I am your officiant. We are on international <laughs> waters. And by the time this is over, uh, you will be legally bound to each other. <laughs> uh, okay. So weaponized empathy. It is available for to purchase. Uh, yeah. Uh, how did that come up? Like, how, like, cause you, I, you know, I've seen you everywhere. We've done stuff together. I've run into you at clubs when you were just like, oh yeah, no, they they didn't have anyone, so I just like jumped up on stage and grabbed the mic and started doing <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> to be clear, they asked me to. I'm not a. <laughs> 
<laughs> not a, not a monster. <laughs> Yar! <laughs> this be me type it fight. Is, it is funny. It is funny to get like. It is funny to be at that stage or be in a in a scene where you can do because what what Chad is talking about is yeah just last week there's a there's a great club here called the Laugh Factory and I walked in and it just so happened there was um, someone was missing that was about to go up next and um, I just <laughs> and the managers just kind of turned around and was like oh. Burke, you can do 20, right? <laughs> and it was literally like that kind of thing where you see it in like stage door musical. You know what I mean? Yeah, you see exactly. It, you see it in showbiz films and you're like, that's bullshit. That doesn't happen. <laughs> you there, boy. Get up there. <laughs> get I like, I, I got an eye for these things. <laughs> but yeah, and it, it is, it is, it is so funny that my first reaction is sad. My first reaction in those situations, you can go up, right? I say, yes, I can. Give me a drink. <laughs> it's always true, though. That's real. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got to do five, and I'm nervous, and I'm yeah. tired. Uh, booze will help. Uh, I love the idea that, like, they were like, ah, Bert, get up there. You know you know how to do this thing. And then you were like, get I have five minutes. And you ran into the bathroom, put your hoodie up, and you were like, spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> just ran on stage. Oh, so you have seen my act. <laughs> Or is that your Marconi again? That's me doing Guglielmo Marconi. <laughs> Look, if you had one chance to blow it, would you take it? Oh, that's what you were doing. I did yeah. not oh, get you... the reference. <laughs> I love that. Your, wait, your impersonation of Eminem from that's 8 Mile. That's what my Eminem. It's spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. spaghetti. That's my Eminem impression. <laughs> that's amazing. Palms are sweaty. Spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. Spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. He's a, like, it's sort of a cross between Weird Al and your version. It's Weird Al of... and Mario. That's my. That's how you get Eminem. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, that's what happens when you're a professional impersonator. Um, okay, so you all right? Is this going to be a mixture of a bunch of different clubs, or is it just like a one night? It's one night. So yeah, the it's Harlem actually, Club, Sam Cooke kind of deal. His what? Sam, have you ever listened to that? It's one of my favorite Which albums. Album? Sam Cooke live at the. Oh, Harlem it's the Club. best. In the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, my album. Your my, album is as album. good. Wait, so Adam, you're saying, and I can quote you on this: it's as good as Sam Cooke's. Live no, at the no. Club. The comparison is is that my album should have come out earlier, but they held it back because it was deemed too black <laughs> for mainstream audiences, and the label was worried. Yeah, they were nervous. That, yeah. They were like, oh, this will never sell in. I made such great in roads with white middle America and then <laughs> I put this album out and oh boy yes yes he, oh, he rode the suburban train all the way to w Waukegan all right so how did that is it what so it wasn't just one performance so it was at the uh, great club it was uh it's it's essentially one performance uh, it's uh, so what happens with these things what you tend to do is you tend to do an early and a late and then you um you know you try to get it on the first and then the second you try to um you know, you try to like pick up any mistakes or anything, you know, or working in, you know, do anything that you weren't able to do in the first one. That's never the way it works, though. Kind of what works is, is like, my, my sense is that there's basically, there's just one of the shows that vibes better and just like the audience, you just feel, and normally I, it's usually the second because you're a little looser, but, um, but yeah, the, so this, but this was taped at a great theater, um, uh, uh, run by our mutual acquaintance, um, Eva Lafiva. Uh, That's the Newport Theater. Yeah, the Newport Theater. Yeah, the great, great theater. That's in Chicago oh. for those of you listening elsewise. Yeah, and it's and they normally do like Fringe and Burlesque and Drag and stuff. Um, but yeah, we recorded the album there and it's great. It's a great little, uh, 
It was. Uh, I ran into you when you were done with that, and yeah. I have pictures of us together. That's <laughs> yeah. That's that show. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm. I feel better now knowing that that's out because then I can be like, yeah, no, I heard it. <laughs> I felt bad. I was like, oh, hey, man. Uh, yeah, I was coming from a gig. But um, it's also the which the, I was to be fair. When you leave at twelve years, like I probably have like burned albums worth of material and I just never kind of sat it down. So I was just like, well, I just got to, I just got to put, I just want to record something at this point. When you did that, did you sit down? Uh, this is the part in the podcast when things get real. We're like, oh, let's talk about your process. <laughs> like, the, did you, when you did that, did you sit down and do like, all right, here are my like five minutes. Here's my 10 minutes. So did you bracket it out like a piece of theater or like, a, like, or did you go, okay, broad strokes here are the topics i'm going to cover here's the material i already have i think the thing that you get to do with an album that you don't necessarily have to do or need to do with just a 45 minute headlining set 45 minute headlining set is you know greatest hits do whatever kind of like People paid whatever they paid and just like give them a solid 45 hours of entertainment. It's right? like jazz a little bit, right? Like, you know, you know the general tune, but you can kind of riff in between. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, it's nothing like jazz. <laughs> I've got a signed letter from the biggest jazz uh, <laughs> proponents in the country, and they want us to stop comparing things. To we it. should they're, probably stop comparing everything to jazz. They're so okay, sick of humans, it. It's very real. <laughs> We of the jazz community would like to say that not everything is like jazz. It's it's the comparisons you don't make, you know, that yeah. you should be listening to. Um, it was so it, it's sort of like I just think a regular headlining show is a different order of business because it's just like you're kind of giving them like whatever you know, whatever kind of mood you're in, what kind of mood they're in, and you sort of meet them in the middle. A an album, I, I think, it doesn't have to be this, but I think for me, it's like, it works better for me if it's like, I'm going to start the ball rolling at A, and it's going to pass through these gates, and the gates that it passes through is going to make a lot, it's just going to make thematic sense. Right on. And okay. it's just so, and it's sort of different, where like, you know, if I'm doing a show... And like, you know, I can tell the audience I responded to one thing. I might pull out something but that's eight years old or whatever. That's interesting, especially when you know that you're recording an album because yeah. like, and I guess that's what you mean when you're like, hey, there's, there's like, you do two shows because like you can slam them together. It's like, I felt like this was the moment to go into this, like these hot takes I had on like, you know, uh, lime Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> then I go back and listen to it. You're like, yeah, I mean, it was fun in the moment. Yeah. My, my friend, um, my friend who edited the album is a great comedian and a great uh, just overall creative person called Chad Briggs. He edited it, and Good I name. will solid name Chad Briggs. Great. <laughs> yep, I already like I, him. I'm more partial to the Briggs part of it than the other one, but um, <laughs> that's the only part I identify with. What are you had, talking about? He sort of had. I don't. He sort I've had Chad before for sure. Yeah, he has the same initials as you. You're both CBs. Oh shit! <laughs> I hope his middle name isn't the <laughs> Chad the Briggs. <laughs> Uh, you know what the weird thing is his name weird middle name is uh, Guglielmo. <laughs> he was named after the of the of the Marconi Guglielmo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I no. didn't know he was Italian. <laughs> but he um, he was great, and I will say there's a couple of things that he kind of sort of kind of rewrote where and worse and well, I, wait. I, so you had someone direct this for you? Well, no, 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 no. What happened was I recorded it, and then I was to be well. 
I was listening to it and I was like, I, I kind of want like a fresh pair of ears on this. And my friend Chad came in and he hadn't heard any of the material. He hadn't seen me perform in like years. Mm. So he uh, looked at it and he was like, oh, I, I can... I, I can put this together. And there's a couple of bits, not too many. It's mostly how I told it. But there's a couple of bits where he was like, he was like, you can lose this middle bit. Oh, okay. So yeah. I edited it in a way. Yeah, in the way he edited it. Yeah. It didn't happen very often, but there was a couple where like, you know, as a as a writer performer, it kind of sticks in your craw a little bit, but sure. you are like excellent use of sticking in your craw, by the way. <laughs> but you From are the, like the avian community appreciates it. <laughs> but you are like when someone points out something like that after the fact and you've been doing it away for two years or whatever, and someone points it out, you're like, God damn it, you're right. You know? <laughs> no, that's real. Yeah. Especially when you're like, because um, you, you feel, because in the moment you're feeling it. I feel like when we do this, when you're on stage doing the thing, you feel like you're kind of like an astronaut in a space capsule and you're just sort of in space and you're like, ah, I fucking hope that I hit the right buttons or I'm never going to land this thing. And you know, being an astronaut in a space capsule is a lot like jazz. <laughs> That's the one thing. It's weird. That's the one thing that's they're the cool one with. Thing that's actually Unle like jazz. Guys, not everything's like jazz unless <laughs> it's space travel, in which case it is exactly like jazz. Yeah. Ima imagine, imagine you were in a space. Imagine you were on an Apollo mission and one of the guys was really jazzy about it. Oh, man. Could you not get, could you not extemporize with the thrusters because we're going to Stop gonna with hit the rhythm, dude. This is math, okay? I want you to go home. Space sucks. It's so cold. There's no Taco Bell. Um, all right. So you sit down with Chad Briggs. You go over the material. You you put it together. and But you've been holding this back for what? How long has it been? 12 years, you said? You haven't been recording this for 12 no, years. No, 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 no. No, this is... I was going to say, it's so funny. Like, you're going to listen to it and you'll be like, man, 2016 is going to be our year. No, I recorded roughly about a year ago. Okay, so, yeah. That makes more sense. And what's really nice about that, you know, on the one hand, you kind of want to get things out as soon as possible. What's really nice about it... And I just did a, sh I just did a show out in Oak Park and I was looking at... I was Someone taped the whole set and I was looking at it and I thought I did... I thought I did like 60, 40 new stuff and stuff that's off the album. And I look back at it and it's more like 75, 25. Mostly and new? It's mostly new, like wow. stuff I've written in the in the past like 12 months. So that's kind of really great. And that, that feels great. Like to have this sort of like body, you know, this uh, <laughs> body of work. Get out of here. <laughs> I saw that movie. Madonna's <laughs> in that, right? <laughs> to have this thing that is sort of like done and that I don't like, you know, th that I'm happy with and I think is fun and, and, and good and stuff. And then also just like really enjoying the new stuff, you know, and like being able to like, you know, do 40 minutes of stuff that's not in the album. Is, great. is there anything like, all right, so when you sit down to, do you really just like sit down to like at, at like a table with a pad and paper and you're like, all right, what is, what's bugging me right now? <laughs> uh, no, that's, I'm I'm so I'm not like super great at like doing, you know, the morning papers or whatever they call it, the morning pages. You know, I'm not really great. I've, I've tried it a few times and it is good. It is good to like sort of. But I find that the stuff that I write when I force myself to sit down, it doesn't it's not sticky for me. It right. doesn't it doesn't, you know. And, and you're not you're not up there reading like a, a, a prepared essay or like a, a, a piece. You're up there. You're up there observing. You're you're observing live, right? You're having your moments live. I think you know. No one really wants to hear my theory on what stand up is, but I, I think a lot of times I, that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted because I don't even know how to describe it. I think it's you. I've always described um, 
stand-up, you are a humor translator, right? You have the language of what's funny is in your head, and it's your very specific language. It's an argo of one, right? And it hits you a certain way. And what you have to do is translate your very specific Esperanto to a wider audience. And you have to keep it as close to your language and as like you've got to get it right in the middle between what they understand and what is very unique about the way you think about things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like you are, you yeah, you're kind of work, working from the UN, but it's... <laughs> But you're, you know what I mean? It's yeah, you have several different countries in the room with you, and you have to be like, <laughs> trust me on this package. Yeah, yeah, it's a good deal. Like I have, there's a bit. Um, as someone's mentioned, I have this. There's a bit on the album where I where I talk about podcasts, and it is sort of, and you know, I I have a friend. Pray me while I open a garage beer. <laughs> I have a friend. Um, you know, I, I, I a friend. I have a uh, I have a. a You've never met this person. No, before. I have a colleague, Alonzo Bowden. He's a great, oh, yeah, know, great yeah, comedian. Yeah, yeah. And I would do this bit on the road when we would do wait, wait shows. We do like wait, wait stand up shows. And I had this bit, and it is it is a funny moment when I go, because it's an NPR audience, and I go, Does anyone like educational podcasts? <laughs> and of course, the whole room goes up. And Alonzo, like, Alonzo will tell a rib you sometimes, and he'll just be like, Oh, you know, try doing that at a comedy club. Try talking about educational podcasts. You know, that he sometimes will be like, that will only work here. And he's joking. He's kind of like just getting a rise out of me. But that is the thing where it's like you've got to – it's a – you know, for a lot of people, that is kind of a niche thing that I'm talking about. I'm talking about like historical podcasts. There's, you've got to like keep it going and then it has this payoff that – you know, the payoff is that nobody sees where I'm going with this. Right. And then it's the thing is there where like you just really have to hold the way you hold the audience's hand is you give them enough jokes and enough context throughout where like they're like because you it is that you do have that. They do get nervous. They're like, where the fuck? What are you talking right, about? Right. Because because they're <laughs> locked in. You're like, this is very entertaining. I really hope he sticks to landing because if he doesn't, I'm going to be super bombed, <laughs> which it does happen sometimes. So, yeah, I yeah. totally feel that. It's like anytime you go to see a movie that's really good, there's a party. It's like, oh, fuck, it's going to suck at the end, isn't it? I, Especially if it's a horror movie. <laughs> Okay, so weaponized. You know empathy. me. I will get. Oh no! So yeah, that's we, we definitely. <laughs> so Burke was on my, Burke, who's sitting across from me right now, was on that birdcast where it was me and Betancourt, and we watched uh, Bill and Ted Three. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one of my favorite memories from the <laughs> lockdown experience was us zooming each other after Bill and Ted Three. Yeah. Uh, and you can find that on my website. Go check it out. I was doing like some prodigious drinking because that was yeah. deep. In yeah, the underbelly of the pandemic. It. That was when it was like, that was what, because like at the beginning of that, you're like, okay, here we go. Let's figure this out. We're going to see if we can survive it. And like, and then like it was a year in and we're like, I hate the smell of my own place. <laughs> it's like we were on the desert island and, you know, three months ago, we were happy that the rum, the rum hadn't run out. Right. But <laughs> now the certain, rum was gone. No, no. At certain point, you're like. <laughs> I still got to drink all this rum. <laughs> I got to drink all this rum I before did, anyone comes and rescues I me. I did buy a surplus of several different types of alcohols that I had never had before at the beginning of the lockdown. Never finished them because I was mm. like, ah, this is garbage and I, I don't need it. But like there was a point halfway through that I kept thinking about Castaway where like Tom Hanks, the, like there's that midpoint in the movie where you see him, I think it's when he first 
he fall he's trying to fish no it's when he tries to do, he's trying to build something or something and he falls down and he hits his head or something like that and it flashes forward like five months yes yes it's he's i know exactly the shot you're talking about it's sort of it's it's a fake smash cut oh yeah because he's, he's he, the tooth he's trying to get his tooth out trying to get the tooth and then it cuts to water right and then you just see the spear, the spear. come in and fucking nail this fish. yeah and then it turns around and it's just like hot hanks yeah, like yeah, yeah. full-on Bodie from Point Break <laughs> just standing on the fucking rock. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what all... In my mind, I was like, that's what all of y'all are going to look like at the end of this pandemic. <laughs> it's like, nope. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite, actually. Well, uh, he was outside all that's the true. time. He was, he was getting the sweet tan and drinking... <laughs> it's just, just eating nothing but Omega-3s. But Omega-3s, crab, <laughs> distilled pee... Like, good yeah. for him, man. That's yeah. the secret, y'all. That's the only thing we all befriended a piece of sports <laughs> equipment. That's the only similarity. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we the only similarities between any of us that lived through the pandemic and Castaway is we talked to a random uh, piece of equipment in our apartments. Yeah, yeah. Mitty was mine. Mitty. Mitty the the baseball man. <laughs> Mitchell. No. Mitchell. Well, Mitchell is <laughs> yeah. This is birth. Mitchell to his yeah. To, if you've just met him. <laughs> I'm already a talking bird, so it was weird enough. But I was everyone else's anthropomorphic friend. Right. That. They're like, I'm gonna zoom this bird. I know for th oh for uh New Year's Eve, uh we had a we had a a zoom we had we get we put a live zoom link on my roommate's Facebook page, and it was just like anytime during the day if you want to click on it we'll be up drinking. And was he fell asleep on the couch, and we didn't turn it off, which means people were passing in and out, and there was just this dude in, in a tuxedo passed out on the couch. I was like, as it should be. Was it during the pandemic that you were doing the playthroughs, the video game playthroughs? Mm -hmm. That's when we started doing the, like, it was, we called it Retro Rodeo, which now, because we can't do it because of, like, copyrights and shit, which uh -huh. I'm still trying to figure out how we can do it again. Probably Twitch. So how do people do playthroughs on... I don't know. Because I don't know if they can monetize it, because we definitely had problems with that. I think we're just not very smart and don't know is how to the, use that That is shit. interesting. It's the game considered to be, like, a copyrighted piece it, of I don't art. think it's the game. I think it's the music. I think oh. it's the sounds that you hear in the games. Uh. And I think that what happens is they get a deal... To do that, and it's just like, all right, this new game's coming out. This guy's got a hundred million followers. Um, we want you to do this. Yeah. But for me, you know, at the time, didn't have that, and I was also doing like classic CD-ROM games from the nineties. Yeah. You guys did um, one of the Monkey Islands. We did. Yeah, we did um, Secret of Monkey Secrets of Monkey Island. It was the fifth. It was the last one before the new one. Yeah. Return to Monkey Island. It just came out. Um, we did that one. We did like Mist. We did Seventh Guest, Phantasmagoria. You were on one. I did, I did one of the Monkey Island ones. Was the Monkey Island one? Because we did Grim Fandango, I think was the last one we were doing. Then we stopped doing it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun time. Because like, um, it, originally it was like we did Fortnite playthroughs, which I'm not fast enough to riff <laughs> during a Fortnite playthrough because the majority of that is just me going how the fuck do you build shit again <laughs> oh well all right well back to this spawn point 
Yeah. Meanwhile, a bunch of like fucking 12 year olds from like fucking London are screaming out. It's true, though. There's always kids from like London. Yeah. They're like, because they're up when I'm going to bed. Right, right. And right. then you've got your stereo on and your speakers on. So then your neighbors just hear you yelling at a bunch of 12 year olds from London at midnight. And you're like, this is a lawsuit. That's funny that they, that they you know, because one of the, <laughs> one of the favorite epithets in England is to call someone a Muppet. And then how, they would, <laughs> how did I how did I cope with that? You I just thought they were being it. kind. But like I was like, oh man, I You're wish. Like, I wish. Who has that kind of copyright? <laughs> no, but for the majority of it, they would be like, I remember this is one time this kid, and they get fucking nasty. And this kid was just like, fuck you, Chad Bed. I'll never forget it. It's still in, it still echoes in my brain. Fucking Chad Bed. Fuck you, Chad Bed. And I was like, the fuck, man? Go to fucking school. Shut up. Anyway, speaking of school, your album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, so all right, it's out, it's done, it's up, it's ready to rock. Uh, do you feel like I mean, it, it you've waited twelve years in between these things? Yeah. And is it just because you're like, I want to take some time to create new material, or is it just because it makes more sense for you to be on the road? Because I mean, you're also you know you're doing wait wait don't tell me all the time. Yeah. So you have a very steady gig, and if you haven't listened to. Adam on Wait, Wait, uh, what are you even doing? Uh, just specifically those episodes, nobody else. But like, you get to like hang out with some, you know, crazy, like Paula Poundstone, yeah. uh, 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 Moisha Kasher. Yeah. And uh, the guy that I, because you took me to one of those parties, and the time that I got super starstruck was when I met Tom Bodet. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, wild. Because, yeah. like, there's a bunch of big time names there, you included, of course. But then, like, you're, you're like, oh, this is Tom Bodet. I was like, fucking, fucking Motel 6, Tom Bodet? Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Don't say anything stupid. Don't say anything stupid. He drove me to a gig once that he, he had me do a gig uh, out in his home. Uh, uh, I want to say Maine. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's up there somewhere in New England. And, um, and he, he's like, he, he picked me up from the airport. And I spent like an hour and a half in the car with Tom Bodet. And he's like, that guy has lived a life, dude. That guy is- I don't know where this is going, but I'm very excited. Well, I probably shouldn't say anything about the murders, but I don't know. No, but he like- Bury the lead. You know, he like lived in a fucking skid, like a proper skid row, like out in Alaska. Oh, wow. But like he's he's done all, he's had his real um, Kerouac kind of like- you know, he's kind of lived in weird That's spaces. That's amazing. That's Tom Bodette. And he's just, he doesn't, does he doesn't own, did he own Motel 6 or he was, that, he was just the voice <laughs> I don't of believe Motel he 6. owns, weirdly he owns Omni. That's, <laughs> it's so strange. It's, you'd think he, conflict of interest. He owns the Wildwood Lodge chain. Because <laughs> he's like this fucking shit. He owns Red Roof Inn. Uh, I just, that was my thing. Like on the way out, I was like, don't say, hey man, come by sometime. I'll leave a line on for you. Don't do it. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Like when we hung out with Janine Garofalo that one time, and then the whole time I'm sitting there going, "Don't call her baby bowler. Don't call her baby bowler." <laughs> it's really hard uh, because that's all I can think about. Have you ever been starstruck before? The the biggest one, the weirdest one. It was weird because it happened twice, and I was about four years into comedy, something like that, maybe a little less. There was a worthy. Laugh Factory is now in Chicago. There used to be an independent comedy theater called the Lakeshore Theater. Okay. Um, the the people who ran it sort of knew Paul Provenza, and Paul Provenza would kind of like funnel people there. Patton Oswalt once did a free show there. 
Whoa. Like it basically That seems like something Patton Oswald would yeah, do. Though. He did it to raise money for the theater because the theater was falling around down. Oh, that's really cool. Down our ears. Anyway, I was it happened to, I can't I get, I get the instances mixed up because I can't remember which which one was first, but I was opening for someone. I was doing a show there and I was doing kind of a short set and then like just you could tell the energy change and people were like, oh, Robin's going to come by. Oh, no. So Robin Williams came. Damn it. And like twice I was working at the Lakeshore and twice Robin Williams came in. Whoa. And he, like at one point, he was like standing on the side by himself watching one of the comics. And I was I was younger and I was kind of new. In the, and, he, you know, I had that thing of like, he's he wants to be left alone. Yeah. Because he's standing over there. But also, that's Robin Williams. Yeah. And I, if I don't go over and right. just say something to Not Robin gonna Williams. Not going to miss your shot, shot. Not going to miss your shot, say shot. hello. So I just went over and I, was, I just want to say, it's so awesome that you're doing this. And he, in responding to me, he referenced a bit that I had just done on stage. Whoa. I know. Like he had, you know what I mean? It's so, that's I know it's like, but the fact that he, fucking listen damn and he goes yeah it's a bit like what you were saying and i'm like because initially i almost elbowed him in the head he's he was tiny and he whoa whoa okay so oh by accident yeah because he came in <laughs> he came in and i was leaving and i people were going robin's coming and i was kind of like robin's not fucking coming and i turned the corner and i almost like clock him right in the head damn but it was one of the times too because it was one time it was like he went on after a headliner and people lost their shit, obviously. Right. And another time, it was just a showcase, and he came in, and it was this was back. Um, this would have been when Obama was debating McCain. Okay. And I, something like that. And he just came in, and there's a bunch of comedians. I'm like fucking vibrating with excitement. And he comes in and he goes, So, did anyone watch the debates? And <laughs> well, like, and, and literally, no one answered for a second because we we're all like, Robin, Robin Williams Robin is Williams. asking us. Like, guys, Robin's asking goes, a question. You guys see the debate? And we're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you start applauding. Yeah. And then what's crazy is, I, is um, you know, I, I got to hang out. A few, I've gotten to hang out a few times um, with Bobcat, who's who was really right. good yeah, friend yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That was, so, yeah, Bobcat was wild because, like, that was the, the so I got to go see, when I went to go see Puddle's, for the first time was to Puddle's Pity Party for the first time because you know I'm a fan and um, when I went to go see him uh, I was a little starstruck because I was sitting next to Bobcat but you know kept my cool I'm, I'm already the brightest character in the room anyway because I'm, <laughs> I'm basically a ju I'm like Juicy Fruit and Laffy Taffy uh, and we're hanging out afterwards. those are uh, Gigliermo's brothers yeah that's a lot of people don't know that's what Juicy Fruit <laughs> is named after uh, but I was hanging out and uh my in was, oh, you know my buddy Adam Burke. And Bobcat Goldthwait, in his cowboy hat uh, and salt and pepper face, turns around and he just goes, he's great. <laughs> and that's how, Yay. so thank you for that. That's Yay. the reason. That's well, how. That's, that's, I mean, I'm glad those are the two words he chose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you meant That it. guy? <laughs> Who? Uh, All right. So speaking, speaking of fans and speaking of fanning, I, I have some fan questions for you. Okay. All right. Uh, first of all, first question number one. 
Uh, and I asked earlier while we were doing a, a live stream on TikTok and on my Discord, because uh, a lot of people know, believe it or not, man, the people know you. Uh, all right, so first question, uh, why did you do it? The album. Oh, the album. <laughs> wow. He got very clammy yeah. a second ago. That was, it was? Yeah, so you got very clammy when I said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, Why it's, did I do what? I, oh. I love, that's a great response to producing something. Like <laughs> yeah, why did you do it? Why did you do why? it? Why? Uh, I Just because I had spent so much time thinking about doing it and not doing it and ruining it. And, you know, like ruining the fact that I hadn't done it and just like, ah, fuck it, just do it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what else am I going to be doing, you know? Uh, well, yeah, because there's nothing, what but else it, you got going it on? It felt like, it. I kind of felt like the bits I was doing, that's the thing I was talking before. There, there's like a, there's like a stand-up set and then there's a group of bits that hang together very nicely. And you kind of go, oh, that goes in there and then da 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 And we seem to be in a, in a moment where like, all this stuff kind of seems to go together. So that's kind of that. I hope that's a good answer. <laughs> okay. Next question. Do you ever get heckled? That's question one, but it's a two parter. Do you ever get heckled? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes, of course. Why do people talk to comics like they're watching TV? Um, this, th there's two main kinds of heckles. One is rather benign. And one is someone just like they're excited about what you're saying, and they all they they're trying to help, or and they're trying to go like, or you know they again it's that kind of like crossover of like they're excited that they know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, or like you know they just they're kind of it's coming from a place of enjoyment and a place of involvement, and it's sort of not necessarily a bad thing. It's it, it can be a bit annoying when it like you know, steps on a punchline. That is the thing where like most comedians will tell you and it's very few, I've never heard a comedian go that it's not a problem, but there is something about these these, these things are so rhythmic, like jazz. <laughs> these things no, are, it's not like jazz. <laughs> no, these things are so -uh. rhythmic. <laughs> Especially when you're doing something that you have been like pulling up, you know, you've been like, and you, you want it to like, you want it to land. It's like, and when someone steps on it, that gets annoying. Oh, I hate it. I hate it, especially when I'm doing the thing where I'm like, because like most of my shit is current events and mm -hmm. like somebody's read the thing and they're like, oh, actually. And I'm just like, oh, actually, I'm not done. Right, Denise, right, right. give me a goddamn second here. That is the thing where I'm going somewhere with this. And and especially if you've been going somewhere with a while and then someone fucks up right right at the end. So even, even when that comes from a benign place, it can be annoying. And then there's the kind of heckle which is just, and this is like, you know, advice to any, um, if you're a comedian in- Or no one. <laughs> or no a comedian. Or no, yeah, or no- Or, or no someone who is experiencing comedian. If you're a comedian and you tend to do shows in the city with relatively well-behaved audiences, right? Yeah, I've, I'm assuming that's true because like, anytime I've ever seen anything that's just been like out of pocket, it's been suburban. So that's what I was gonna say. If you Speaking want, of in interrupting the bit <laughs> until the very end. If you want to build up a resistance and a resilience to that, go, as I did recently, go and do a show in Manhattan, <laughs> Illinois, uh, where there will be someone, a 65-year-old a, a man who is so drunk that he will heckle you and then forget that he heckled you. <laughs> and he will, he will yell something and then you will address it 
and then you will address him, and then he will look around confused as to why you're talking to him. <laughs> but, oh, wow. So that happens, and it's also, but the thing is about that is, you know, you never want to make that the show. You never want to make them the show. But when right. you have the reps of doing suburban shows like that, you kind of, like, learn how to deal with it. I don't know why people talk... Some people talk to the comedian because they are generally excited, they're having a good time, and it spill, spilleth over, and that's fine. Other people do it out of a place of fear and distrust, where they do not think the comedian is going to be funny, and they are the funniest guy in their golf club or wherever the fuck they are. Good call and, on the golf club. This is definitely <laughs> from the suburbs. Yeah, and they, they have an impatience, and deep down, that kind of heckler is worried about discomfort and awkwardness. And they are weirdly, in their own fucking way, they think they're helping. And they think they're helping themselves. Oh, that's and odd. They, it is, they're completely wrong. Right. And a part of it is, you know, they, they kind of want, they kind of want, like, I can just be the guy for a second. I can come in and I can be the funny guy. I went to the comedy bar not too long ago at uh, where that is downtown, and some guy got up. He was sitting there, uh, looked very rich, uh, looked like he was there to spend money, and he stood up, took the microphone, and just went, it's my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got a joke for you guys. So there's just like people get so excited. Uh, yeah, and also alcohol. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I think the answer is booze. <laughs> um, I have a question. Uh, number, our, our next question uh, is, who, who do you want to inspire? Wow, dude. That's, that's a great fucking question. Right. Um, I think if you try to inspire people, that can look an awful lot like interfering. If you're trying to go, you should do this and you should do that. But I think here's what I like. I like to, like, if I take someone to be an opener for me or if I recommend someone for something and then... It is talented people don't always know that they're in the conversation. Oh, interesting. And okay. it's like okay. if you can give someone who's like, no, 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 you're good and you need to be around these people. Like you're not there yet 100%, but you can do this. And you can also like, yeah, I kind of want to like, I don't know. If the notion of inspiring people sounds like so self-serving, but I, I like the notion of like, being someone that, you know, just not opens doors because, hey, there's a door over there and you're not going to get kicked out of that room if you go in there. You know what I mean? Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting to be like, you, you, you can do this, man. You you can do it. And also the big thing to me is like, listen, you can you should do this thing and you may not. The important thing to say to people is you is to be able to say to someone, you should do this thing. And there is no guarantee that you will succeed. Right. But you are at a point where you need to try. And then the 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 stuff you're gonna learn, it's gonna be better if you if it doesn't go perfectly. Because the stuff that you're gonna learn is gonna like make you so much better for when it, you know, when that comes back around or when the next thing comes in. Because you'll have you'll have so it's like that kind of thing. I'm into like stuff like that where the people who, you know, 
the people who are open to hearing that. Cause, right. and, and there are so many fucking funny people in the Chicago, and there's so many people with like great work ethic, and there's just tons of them. Yeah, you know that's I mean? those are the people to talk to. It's just like, hey, man, if you've got the worst thing in the world, it's like somebody's really good at a thing and never gets to do it. There And there are so many comedians that, like, I got to say, man, it's an awful lot of comedians that talk shit. There are, there are a group, there's this set of comedians that you see out there, and they never complain. And I fucking love those people because it's just like, like uh, just one person who spr springs to mind. There's a comedian called Claire Sundeby and she is just, she's just like, she's really funny. She's like really profane, but she's always just like up for it, dude. She's always like, hey, you want to do this? Yeah, dude, I'll be there. I'll be there. And she just comes. She's always writing. She's all, and there's a lot of people like that. And those are the best people because they just, you, because they kind of remind you like, yeah, we should. We should be we should trying. Be, we, we should, should be, be enjoying this. We thing, should be right? enjoying this, and we should be doing this. Right. We're counterculture, you know, and that's kind of one of the things that I think people forget. It's like when you're hanging out with a bunch of us. It's like we're we're. Uh, it feels like you're, you know, post battle victory moments where it's like, yeah, it, anyone who wants to throw themselves in the mix of all this deserves that that drink afterwards. And, <laughs> right. You know right. what I mean? And so it's like enjoy that moment yeah, but i don't like it when i hang out with people and it's over they're just like bitter about it because i'm like all right well then what the fuck was the point yeah it's this there's the people who talk about what they didn't get and the people who talk about what they're doing instead of that thing that they didn't get right that's the difference yeah it's like cool lots of people didn't get it you know what i mean it's but but you've guess what? It opened up your calendar. Yeah, yeah. Now you get a, now you get a day off. <laughs> now you, or, you know you get to do something else. Yeah, you know what Have I mean. A good time. And it's just it's you know, and there are there are more of those people out there than than is sometimes the picture that comedians portray. Because sometimes right. we are portrayed as being bitter, angry, and like m most of us aren't. And it, I fucking love seeing someone who's like like not just hustle. It's not just hustle, but like genuinely loving comedy and genuinely like you know trying and like you you go there, there is that person where you're like we have just done a show and they're like hey will you hanging out and going to the bar it's like uh, i might be at the bar later but i'm going to a mic first nice and they just killed and they just had a great set and then they're still gonna go and they're probably gonna have a brutal four minutes <laughs> you know it, at a shit fucking venue Right, but they are. Oh, you love this? Then, then, yeah. And I love matter. that. Then yeah. have a great time. Yeah. Well, in the spirit of uh, of movies that never stick to landing, let's just call it a night. After that, that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, all right. So the name of the album, one more time, is uh, "Weaponized Empathy." You can find it on the things. And uh, yeah, let's let's make it awkward. Let's end on an awkward note. We're just like, all right, I guess we're done. Fuck. You know. What often ends on an awkward note. What's that? Jazz. Yeah! NPR episode. Fucking dope. Special thanks to the Barracudas for their kick-ass song, Promises. It's taking us out on the back end like they always do. Thank you to Jepson's Malort for sponsoring me. Thank you to Garage Beer for fueling the fire that was that intense conversation. We got right to the thing with me and Adam Burke. New album, Weaponized Empathy. Get it. Thank you to Britt and Jeff over at Spacetime Sounds for recording us and just being genuinely awesome. 
Thank you to you for listening. Hey, if you guys like this, let me know. I'm going to do more of these. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll am i do them anyway, but like, I'd like to know if you were having fun with them like I am. Because I kind of like checking in with people in Chicago and like seeing how they're doing and, and keeping that jazzy feel. You know? Like, it's not just me screaming. Um, next episode's coming up next. Uh, well, it'll be available in a minute. You'll have to go click on it. It's not fucking TV. It's not like next up on your listening wall. Unless you're clicking on the thing and then you got like the listen next thing because then yeah you'll have the next episode it's me screaming about taco bell so back to the normal thing but in the meantime go find weaponized empathy and download it follow adam burke on all of the things and uh yeah i'll see you next episode but yeah seriously let me know if you if you liked it i want to do more like this it's jazzy it's laid mellow makes me want a chai tea let's go get a chai tea you guys want to get a chai tea what is a chai tea Yes, I know it means TT. I saw Spider-Verse, man. Calm down. Nailed it.